you looking to fine-tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself, in each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine Tune. It's natural for any new job to feel jitters, be a little nervous, maybe even anxious. It's a new environment. It's a new function. It's a new brand, a new culture, a new office, a new parking spot, a new way to commute to the office. It's just absolutely normal. But what happens when that first day isn't so normal? Maybe you have to start from home with no real foresight into when the next time you're going to step foot in that office might be. Well, given the fact that many of us are stuck at home, and surprisingly more than I thought are actually starting new jobs, I thought I would talk a little bit about my own experience and talk to a few other people who have gone through the same first day jitters from remote over the last number of months while we are unfortunately, in isolation from the coronavirus. Now, don't get me wrong. Many companies already have substantial portions of their employee base working remotely, maybe from home, maybe on the road, maybe from local coffee shops. But this, this is different. This isn't about choice. This isn't about the way it's been. This is something completely new for many organizations and individuals to get their head around, People just aren't accustomed en masse to working from home with all of the distractions and normalcy of day-to-day life. It's also not normal for organizations. They're just not really accustomed to having so many employees working from home, let alone having to deal with the welcoming and the training and the onboarding process that normally would happen inside the office, now having to happen remotely. I myself started a new job on March 30th. I had gone through the interview process, meeting everyone face-to-face, getting accustomed to the location of the new office and how I might actually get there on a day-to-day basis. And then, as I was expecting my offer, things started to change. The world was completely falling apart around me, and to be honest, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen next. Luckily, the offer came through. And there was an expectation that I would be onboarded from home. We talked about it a little bit, but to be honest, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I think that's the first important point, understanding the expectations from both the organizational perspective as well as that of the individual new employee. Both sides also have to work together to prepare for a different kind of onboarding. The reality is normally you'd go in You'd have a list of people to meet, you'd spend some time, you'd get accustomed to your new systems, meet with IT to fix all the things that never actually work on the first day, try on the shirt that was left at your desk. Really, all of the things that we kind of got used to about onboarding. But after the first few days, you realize there's a lot more to it. How do teams who've been working together for quite some time communicate? How do they function as a team? Do they get up from their desk and walk over to each other to have that one-on-one conversation? Or are they already used 
to communicating through different digital channels. We've all been now accustomed to the video chats, whatever platform is your favorite. But it's, it's still a little different when you walk into a team that has a history, that knows how to work together. And so that's absolutely one of the challenges that I faced myself starting the new job, let alone the lack of proximity, just not even understanding how the team worked together. Now, this isn't a problem for all organizations and for all individuals. Some people have jobs that are much more singular focused, working by themselves. Let's say uh, remote salespeople, for instance. But others require day-to-day interaction, especially if you're the leader of a team, which happened to be one of the roles that I walked into. One of the people that I spoke to is Len Ball. I asked Len to talk a little bit about his background and to describe the transition that he's been going through through the COVID times. Sure. So in a nutshell, um, I spent the most of my career in the banking world. I transitioned into the fintech space and uh, very recently moved from that into uh, consulting, um, incorporating on my own and doing change management now for an academic institution. It's an interesting story. So when I when I actually started um, with this academic institution, uh, I had a first week and I parlayed with my new boss and said, look, you know, I know you're currently out of the country. Can I take my first week um, and just scale up at home? And she said, that's perfect. Yeah, let, let's move forward. And my first day, uh, I got a call and said, yeah, don't bother coming in. Um, everything's closing up. We're going to start sending out some messages and we need you to do X, Y and Z right away. And so that was kind of my trial by fire. I asked Len what one of the biggest challenges has been so far. What's the thing that he misses the most about being physically in front of other people in the office? Uh, Nonverbal communication. So when you meet somebody and you see the way that they carry themselves, the way that they laugh, the way that they like or are disinterested in what you're saying, um, I think there's a whole number of components there that make those types of interactions so much more interesting. It's, it's not quite the same. I mean, it, it's wonderful to have the technology now that we can connect and not feel quite as distant as we would have if we only had telephones, if we were just shouting down the street. Um, but there's something that doesn't quite translate in the same way of that physical proximity and being in a space. And I think that changes how people interact. I also had the chance to speak with Dean Guest on the West Coast of Canada. And I asked Dean about his new job. I'm a, an account executive at Workday, and I just started on April 6th, and I am focused on what Workday calls our existing customer base. So my territory will be uh, BC, Manitoba, and part of Ontario. Now, given that Dean is a sales executive, I asked him about the challenges with regards to the fact that he can't now just get on a plane and travel to see his clients, whether for pitch or for ongoing service and relationship development. I wonder if it's actually a challenge for salespeople who are so used to that to now not be able to do it. In, in reality, um, because the, the territory is so large, I think um, most Canadian account executives, um, my days going back to Salesforce and Microsoft, you had to do a lot on the phone and Zoom and video conferencing makes it much more easier. And to be honest, this whole COVID um, disruption has really not impeded my ability to connect to clients. It's really, it's really, I think, our clients who are not used to being 
uh, working from home. So I'm waiting for my clients to kind of catch up and and to you know not worry about their kids running through uh, the back uh, behind the the scene, right? Which we've all seen. So quite the interesting point that for many people, it's not actually about themselves being stuck at home and working remote, but you have to think about all of the other constituents involved in helping you get your job done. Your boss is home, your coworkers are at home, and for salespeople, your your customers are stuck at home too. So it's a pretty interesting set of circumstances to really think about onboarding when your job is to connect with people in other organizations while getting support from your own organization and everyone is currently figuring out how to work in the new norm. So you can't just expect your customer to drop everything and and pick up the phone or get on Zoom with you while they themselves are spending so much energy and so much of their own time really just trying to figure out how to get their own job done. So I asked Dean bluntly, what is it about the client schedules and new ways of working that are impeding on his ability to do his job? It, it is. In fact, uh, it's, it's finding time. So I'm finding in most cases when I get a client scheduled um, to speak with me um, and I send them a Zoom link and all that kind of stuff and a reminder like an hour before, are we still good? Quite often, there'll be some kind of family disruption. If, if they've got kids at home, the kids are not used to their, um, you know, whoever I'm speaking to typically being at home. So, you know, when everyone's got these uh, AI enhanced um, Zoom backgrounds, it's really cute. I love it how quite often you'll see a 10 year old or you'll see a little face pop up in the screen and, you know, dad or mom will push that kid back and say, sorry about that. So it's, um, it's, we're, all, we're all making these transitions. And I think that um, it's hard. It's harder on clients. And um, I think most of our clients have not had to work remotely uh, for this length of time. So, but there is light at the end of the tunnel, I, I really do believe. Now, sometimes your clients aren't necessarily external at other organizations. Often they're your own peers, your coworkers, other departments and groups within the company that you are working at. So I asked Len Ball, what were some of the challenges with regards to his internal clients and building that relationship and, and really getting things going as a new person in the company? Uh, to be honest, for, for what I do, um, I mean, first and foremost, I try to set up and start building important relationships out of the gate. And I found that that's a, it's a very different game when you don't have the opportunity to sit down face to face with those people and have those meeting opportunities. The second part of that is that during a crisis, a lot of those decision makers are, are getting pulled into priority projects, um, starting with crisis and then transitioning eventually to recovery. And so you have to change your entire game plan of what you think is going to work and how you can start delivering against what you need to. Now back to Dean, there are so many people starting new jobs in sales. I think if any of you listeners take a look at your LinkedIn profile, look at your network, look for all of the announcements of people shifting jobs for whatever reason, and probably because of the fact that a lot of organizations are now trying to figure out how to how to re-enter the growth phase from remote. I personally am seeing a lot of the new job announcements being in sales functions. So I asked Dean, as a seasoned sales executive, what are some of the challenges that he and or other sales executives are facing and are going to face by not being able to have that face-to-face conversation with their prospects and their customers? 
Well, I think just being seen. So uh, being able to uh, have conversations in the lobby, you hear so much and you, in, in a sales role, you're listening for clue, uh, clues and cues uh, around the water cooler. And when uh, clients see you on site all the time, they feel that uh, they feel much more connected to you as a vendor and there's a, a greater opportunity to develop trust. So for me in my customer base role, I have relationships with most of my clients. They know me, they know I'm gonna come knock on the door very soon once the, they release, uh, release us uh, all into society again. Um, but I know that uh, for those that are starting a new sales roles that don't have the relationships, it's really hard. And if you follow on LinkedIn, you see all sorts of suggestions and ways to be empathetic and, and, and to try and add value without being a salesman. And I think that's hard. That's really hard for a lot of people, um, especially at the beginning part of their careers. Now, coming back to Len, I asked him a pretty simple question. What's the biggest challenge so far in starting this new job from home and ultimately being successful? <laughs> For me personally, uh, I don't have a strong internet connection and nobody can come into my house to, to fix it. Uh, so, so for me, um, that's the, that's the biggest challenge, but I put that in, in the, you know, the space that I can't really control, um, for what I can control. It's, I think it's, it, it's balancing my new set of priorities and again, finding those different ways to work with people to accomplish them. For example, um, some people are less reachable now in a digital environment and some people are there all the time and they're ready to roll. And so your, your, your perceptions shift based on trying to get to know those personalities and how you need to interact with those different people. So I asked both Len and Dean about Zoom. And by Zoom, I mean really any video conversation platform of choice. Starting a new job means having to communicate and engage. And the way we're all starting to do that is through online video platforms. And yet sometimes using these platforms has challenges, but sometimes there's also surprises, happy things, little tricks and tidbits that people are learning. So I asked both of them to describe some of the experiences and some of the things that they're seeing by using these new platforms on a more regular basis. You know, when you meet with someone on a, on a Zoom meeting, for instance, or you're in a, some sort of conference call meeting, and you can see them on the screen and you go through the motions and you wrap your meeting, and you think that went well or that didn't go well, and then you get an email that's completely off base from the conversation that you had, and you're thinking, what did I miss? Um, and it, but it's funny how quickly you start to pick up what you missed because it's a new format, and you start to see these nuances and you, you start to become more familiar. I think that's, um, I think just with Zoom, like, you know, this kind of video conference that we're on right now, um, you know, we can kind of see a glimpse of each other's personal lives uh, behind us. I see you're a drummer. Um, I cleaned up my background to hide my surfboards and all my motorcycle gear because, you know, sometimes conversations will go down that angle. And I don't want my ma manager to think that as soon as I'm off a, a sales forecast call, I'm on my bike and I'm heading up to Whistler, which I probably am. Sorry, Dale. But, uh, but in honesty, I think, um, you know, we're all human and we're all in this together and we're all struggling and you can see, um, you can just see humanity. And, and, and I think it actually creates an opportunity to lower our guards and just be natural with one another. And that's what I've experienced um, with my peers uh, and for some of the clients uh, conversations I've been having as well. 
Len also had a really interesting point about supporting each other as we go through this process of starting a job, both from the employee as well as the organization and the team that came before the new person. So I asked him, what has he seen that's actually been so successful? Um, I, I think the best thing that I've realized is people's willingness to try and be flexible. And I, I think in any time you face some sort of crisis, people are willing to help each other out perhaps more than they would have been otherwise. Um, at least that's been, that, that's been my experience. And being able to work with a lot of different people and trying to find new ways to do it, you get to, you get to pivot ideas off of one another. And I see a lot of value in, in the types of innovation that comes out of those types of conversations. And especially when you can, when you can put them to work uh, almost right away. As part of interviewing people for this podcast, I also realized that there's a lot of new businesses that seem to be uh, starting up and catering to this remote workforce. We've all seen the valuations jump on the platforms that enable video chatting, remote working, etc. But what about the first day? As I experienced, it's really odd to not walk into an office and have a swag bag full of stuff on your desk, a group of people to welcome you, a tour of the office. Instead, this whole concept of onboarding is now starting to happen remotely. And while not entirely new, I came across a few businesses that are starting up new programs to help with this remote onboarding experience. One of them happened to be a local Toronto organization called Aboard. And I reached out to the founders and Evan Hallward decided to get on my podcast and explain a little bit about what it was that helped them come up with this idea and why now? Why would they want to start a business in the middle of one of the worst recessions we've ever faced? Yeah, well, I mean, as with uh, most startups, it comes from our own personal experiences. You know, we saw a problem in the world that we uh, you know, wanted to go out and, and fix. Um, when we first started with the idea, you know, we did have uh, the approach that this could be remote and on site and kind of try to straddle that, um, straddle the fence there. But obviously with the, the changes that have gone on, the remote need is just going to be so much bigger and so much more prevalent. Um, so we've really been able to kind of make a little pivot and focus there. So I asked Evan, what is the business? What is a board? What is remote onboarding? Uh, a board is an online onboarding platform to help growing organizations better onboard their new employees with customizable programs. And so what we really want to do is from the, the company, the employer side, create that rich onboarding experience with the multiple touch points, uh, the many different stakeholders and the, the managers and everyone being involved and deliver that to the employee wherever they are and have that employee, the new hire, also play a part in their own onboarding experience. So sort of be able to take a bit more of the driver's seat and know what the expectations are for them, what they're supposed to be doing and when, who they're supposed to be talking to, um, and make this a, a repeatable process and specifically one that can be delivered from wherever. And while it can't be easy to start a new business in the middle of a pandemic, I did ask where they are in the life cycle of launching this 
what hopefully will become an innovative platform. Yeah, so we've been talking to, you know, in fact, a bunch of very um, uh, innovative Toronto-based organizations. Uh, they shared their own pains and experiences with onboarding. Um, so we're currently building out sort of a closed beta right now and, and testing out the, the platform in its current state, uh, getting their feedback, iterating on that. Um, but we are very much hoping for kind of the bigger market release in time for recovery so that as these organizations are starting to staff up again and rehire all those roles they scaled back, we have something uh, robust to offer them. And so given that Abort is a new platform, I did offer Evan the opportunity to do a little pitch and talk to my audience because I'm sure that many of you are going through the same experience as an employer trying to figure out how do you transition to onboarding people remotely and as an individual, what is it going to be like when your next job does arrive and it will arrive? I always say, you know, uh, jobs are like a bus. You might miss one, but there's an, always another one coming. The only thing you don't know is when and if it's going to be full or not. Yeah, we would love, love, love to talk to as many uh, HR professionals, business leaders in Toronto and abroad, North America, the world, wherever you are. Um, you can go to getaboard.co, uh, and I'll share more details with you, Corby, to make that easier accessible. So whether you're an employer or you're an individual looking for a new job, the reality is for the next little while, the concept of onboarding and starting a new job is just going to be different. As I've experienced, as others have experienced, and as many people listening to this will experience, the norm has shifted. You need to be comfortable doing things a little differently. You need to be able to use technology to communicate, to connect. You need to think about a different kind of norm than going to your desk every day, having the social interaction with people on a face-to-face -face basis in the real world, and think about how you're going to adapt to do that remotely. As we've heard it has to take effort from both sides. Companies, HR teams, managers all need to understand that what they used to do and how they used to operate can't be expected to stay the same. And employees, people getting new jobs, need to realize that it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to make connections. It's going to be hard to create relationships, but it is not impossible. And if we're all flexible and willing to try new things, it can be very, very, very successful. So I want to thank my guests. I want to thank my audience. And I just want to remind everybody, it's really not that difficult to imagine yourself one, two, three, five years from now, even when we're back to a new norm, choosing to start a job remotely. And I think if anything has come from this isolation at home, it's the reality that no matter where we're asked to work from, we can all actually be successful in spite of it. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine through LinkedIn at Corby Fine, or visit my website, 
CorbyFine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.